on, let's give God a shout of praise. Come on, come on. You know, as Spencer said earlier, this service is going to look a little bit different because this morning we don't want to just do an ordinary service. We feel like God's been doing something incredible in our midst and we want to give space for him to do it again. So we put the focus on, on prayer and prophecy. That's why it's called Palm Sunday Prayer and Prophecy. We've taken elements of what we do at our prayer and prophecy nights and we pulled them into, into the service because we believe God is speaking and he wants to say something to you. We believe God is moving and he wants to encounter you in an incredible way. And, and I'm so excited for, for what God's doing in this moment and in this place this morning. Um, I'm also excited because it is Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday is the celebration of when Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem for the first time when he was in his ministry. You guys, yeah, you can grab a seat for a moment. <laughs> entering, Jesus entering the city of Jerusalem for the first time during his ministry. And he's coming in and it's this triumphant moment, this fulfillment of prophecy. A week before he is ultimately arrested, beaten, crucified and then raised from the dead. In Matthew 21, it, it puts it this way. It says, when they had come near Jerusalem, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village ahead of you and immediately you will find a donkey and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. Jesus telling people, go steal a donkey from those people. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heavens. It's this beautiful moment of Jesus, the, the King of Kings, entering into the city of Kings, the city of Jerusalem, not as a conquering hero, not as a victorious warlord riding a white stallion, but humble, humble on a donkey. And there's this crowd around him and they're praising him and they're singing, him and, uh, singing to him and they're shouting, Hosanna, glory be to God. And it's this beautiful thing because these people, they'd actually been following Jesus. The book of John tells us since Jesus had been in the in our area of Bethany, where Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, this crowd had been following Jesus. And as he's entering Jerusalem, they're shouting, praise be to God. And all this was in fulfillment of what it says in Zechariah 9. It says, shout and cheer, daughter of Zion. Raise your voice, daughter of Jerusalem. Your king is coming. A good king who makes all things right. A humble king riding a donkey, a mere colt of a donkey. I've had it with war. No more chariots in Ephraim. No more war horses in Jerusalem. No more swords and spears, bows and arrows. He will offer peace to the nations, a peaceful rule worldwide. 
from the four winds to the seven seas. As Jesus is entering Jerusalem, it's a fulfillment of this, this word, this prophecy. And at the time, the people of Israel, well, they knew of this prophecy and they just assumed like the Messiah was going to come. They knew that there was going to be a Messiah and there's the hundreds of these prophecies that spoke of Jesus' birth, his life, and his death. And they knew of them and they thought that, well, the Messiah would come and, and he would actually set us free from the enemies. He would set us free from oppression. He would come with an army and, and beat back the Roman Empire. But, but Jesus came and in humility, he sat on a donkey. In humility, he entered the city not to save them from their oppressors, but to save them from their sin, to bring them into a new life. And these prophecies, what happened was, well, these prophecies of this Messiah, even though the people misunderstood them, these prophecies gave them hope. It's these words that God had spoken to prophets thousands of years before Jesus had come, saying, this is what I am going to do. Life might be difficult, but I've got something planned. See, prophecy, very simply put, is, is God speaking to us. God speaking a word into a situation you may be facing. Often it's through other people, sometimes it's directly, but it's God speaking to us, offering hope, encouragement, peace, life, joy into our hearts. See, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 that prophecy is for others, for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. Prophecy is to strengthen us up. It's to encourage us to go forward. It's to console us when life gets hard. It's to support us when we're struggling. And God spoke with, through prophecies all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament thousands of promises from God of what he's going to do. But that's not something that's limited to the Bible. It's not something limited to back then. God still speaks to us in this way. God still wants to speak to you in this way. He wants to speak life into your situation, hope into your darkness. He wants to speak to you where you are at and encourage you. So a moment, we're gonna go back into worship and as we do that, I'm just gonna, I'll encourage you guys in a moment to, to just listen for God's voice. But before we do, God gave me a couple words for some people here this morning. First of all, he gave me the passage, Ephesians 2, which says, you were dead through the trespasses and sins with, um, in which you once lived following the course of this world. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of the flesh and senses. We were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. It is by grace you are saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ. And God gave me, he, he, God gave me this verse and he told me that there's somebody 
here in this room or, or watching online who is doubting that they are good enough for God's love. Because you've messed up so many times, you've made so many mistakes, you've known the right thing to do, but as Proverbs says, like a dog going back to its vomit, you've just gone back in this cycle of, of these problems and you feel like there's no way God could care for me. And you're trying to work yourself to the bone, trying to earn his love, but God told me to tell you that's not how I operate. I sent my son to die on a cross not so that you could work, not so that you had to try, but out of love for you the way you are. I would have done it just for you. And because of that gift, he wants to shower you in loving kindness and grace. I got another word for, for someone who is struggling because of something they've lost. And I, I got two things out of this one. First, there's somebody who, who you've lost your health due to, due to cancer. And I felt like it was cancer in like the lower abdomen. And you felt like you've lost something because of cancer. You've lost your health because of cancer. And there's another person as well who you've lost financially because of struggles in your business. Perhaps it's because of COVID, perhaps not, I don't know. But you've lost something because of business and you're struggling in your finances. And, and, the, and there's just this sense of loss in your heart. And God gave me the story of Lazarus who died and then the sisters, while he was sick, while he was dying, they sent a message to Jesus like, Jesus, hey, come, come quickly. Our, our brother is dying. Jesus, come heal our brother. And, and, and Jesus waits. He waits three days and then he shows up and Lazarus has been dead for three days. And, and they're like, Jesus, why did you abandon us? And there's these people that they're mourning what they have lost, but then the King of glory steps into their story. And what was dead is brought back to life. So if that's you and you're struggling, you've lost your health or you've lost your finances, God just wanted me to tell you that he is breathing life into those situations here this morning. It might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but he is doing something in your midst. It might feel dead right now, but he's got something for you. And lastly, I felt God saying that there's a lot of people here in this room watching online who you've been relying on an old word from God. You've been relying on what God did in 2019 and then suddenly this huge bomb called COVID appeared and your life has been shattered and you're like, God, where are you? You feel like he's abandoned you and it's not that he's abandoned you, it's really that he has a new word for you. You're relying on what he did before, but he's like, I've got something new for you and all you need to do to receive it is just listen. So if that's you, as we go into this next song, I just want to encourage you sing out the words to sing out and give praise to God and to give space for God to speak to you because he has something fresh for you he has a new thing he wants to do in your heart he has a new thing he wants to do in your life so if I can get everyone to stand right now 
Father God, I just pray over all your people right now, Lord. God, we know that you are the God who speaks. We know that you are the God who heals. We know that you are the God of miracles. So Father, I just pray that you will reveal to us the new thing you want to do in our hearts. God, that you'll draw our attention to what you're doing, to what you're speaking, that we will have ears to hear what you are saying to us, Lord, this morning. God, I pray that you will speak prophetic words into our hearts, prophetic words into our minds, God, that you will speak into our situations and bring light where there's darkness, God. God, I just pray, Lord, right now, as we go into this next couple songs, Lord, that you will move powerfully among us. Pray this in your name. Amen.
acknowledge you are a great God. You are a good God. You are a kind God. Your love endures forever. Your love was demonstrated through Jesus. All that he said, all that he did, and through the cross and resurrection. And today we thank you, Lord, that we can come here. We can lift up the name of Jesus. We can praise your name. We can enter into your presence and we can receive your goodness today. And we thank you for it. And we do receive it right here and right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Go ahead and take a seat for a few minutes. You know, we want to just do one more thing just now. And that is, we're looking at the the story of Palm Sunday, and Darian's already read that passage of Scripture to us. And we know that Jesus came into Jerusalem. We know that the crowds welcomed him. We know that they sang praises to him. We know that the religious leaders were upset about that and tried to stop it. And then Jesus pointed out that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. And very often we stop the story right there. But actually, it doesn't stop there. There's a few more verses afterwards. And it tells us that part of the story of Palm Sunday is the healing power of Jesus Christ. Let me just show you what happens after the story. Let's have a look at this verse here. And it says, after they waved in the palm branches and so on, it says, and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all the merchants and overturned the tables of the money changers. They had a little kind of scam going that if you wanted to, it would be like coming to church, but if you want to buy a latte or a book, you can't use dollars. You have to first change it into church money and lose a percentage doing that and then buy the stuff with church money. And then any change you've got, you've got to change it back into dollars again and you lose another person. It was a whole scam they had going there. And so Jesus, that's who the money changers were, and Jesus drives them out. And then he said to them, it is written. In other words, in the prophecies of Scripture, again, this whole day is a fulfillment of prophecy. It is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. One of the things that God's house should be known for is the power of prayer. My house will be known as a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And then look at the next verse. Usually we, we just stop there, full stop. But there's another verse. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he said to them, there's nothing I can do for you. You better go and see the doctor tomorrow. Is that what happened? What happens when Jesus is in the house and people who are sick come to him? What happens? And he what? He healed them. 
Of course, he only did that 2,000 years ago, and he has since entered retirement. Isn't that correct? Is it? No, it's not. The Bible tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He always was a savior. He always was a healer. He always was a guide through life. And today he is our savior. Today he is our healer. Today he is our guide through life. And he will never change. I am the Lord. I do not change. We have the same Jesus here with us today present by the power of his spirit as they had walking in the flesh then and so we want to take this palm sunday promise of healing and we want to pray for healing right now now for those of you who are joining us online we would never have been able to lay hands on you anyway like we can't stick our hand through the screen and touch you and so we would be praying for you long distance but remember that for God there is no time or distance no matter how far away you are from this place here we can pray here and God's presence is here and wherever in the world you're watching from God's presence is also there the prayer can be offered here and the answer can happen there there's no distance with God and there's no time with God we are recording this live on Palm Sunday 2021 you might be watching this Christmas Eve 2029 and God can still heal you whenever you're watching this there is no time with God there's no distance with God and so we we can pray long distance and long term for those of you who are away but for those of you who are in the house our normal process would be to lay hands upon you and to pray for you to be healed because the Bible says that those who believe in the name of Jesus shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. But we're in a situation just now where we are doing our best to follow all the government regulations. We want to continue having church. We want to continue worshiping God, teaching the scriptures and praying, but we're having to be a little bit creative with socially distanced pods and things like that. And so when it comes to this healing moment, we are also going to be a little bit spiritually creative here. And that's perfectly all right because God is creative. God is the creator and he made us in his image and likeness. We are also creative. And actually, there are things in the Bible, there are other ways to minister healing to people than just the laying on of hands. For instance, one of the ways is the Bible talks about the elders of the church anointing people with oil oil being olive oil being a symbol 
of the Holy Spirit. You know, when we lay hands on someone, we would put a hand upon you and pray for you. That is symbolic that we are asking God to lay His healing hand upon you. When we anoint somebody with oil, that is symbolic of us saying, Lord, when we put the oil on the person, may you anoint them with your Holy Spirit. But there's even another way to minister healing. And it's found in the book of Acts chapter 19. And this is where it says, up here it says, God performed unusual miracles through Paul. Now to most people, any miracle is unusual. But it looks to me like Christians are supposed to have usual miracles. And sometimes we also have unusual miracles. Okay. God wasn't just performing miracles in this situation. He was performing unusual miracles. And so we're going to pray for some unusual miracles right now. It says when... Now I want you to notice, it doesn't say Paul was performing unusual miracles. If Paul was performing unusual miracles, then we've had it today. Because Paul's dead and gone. It says God was performing unusual miracles and God is still alive and He is with us, okay? God performed unusual miracles through Paul when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his body were placed on sick people. They were healed of their diseases. And even, even, even evil spirits departed. Imagine you had a possessed person at, at home and you didn't want to go in the room. I mean, you, you've seen the exorcist and so you'd, you know it's scary in the room and you don't want to go in the room. And all you'd have to do is open up the door and throw one of these in and shut the door quickly. Ah! That's it. They're clean now. Out you come. These are unusual miracles. God can work through pieces of cloth. Church, I got my Mustang out a couple of days ago. It's been in the storage for the whole winter. So guess what? When I turned the key, guess what happened? Nothing. So do you know what I did? I connected it up to a trickle charger and plugged it in. And that battery charged up and charged up and charged up until the green light went on and then I turned the key and everything ran beautifully. This is like a battery. Through our prayers, we have connected it to the trickle charger of God's healing Holy Spirit. And you can take this and give somebody a charge who needs it. Maybe you need it. You know, you can take it away with you. You can lay it on your head if you've got a headache. If you've got a broken leg, you can shove it down the side of your plaster cast. If you've got a wayward teenager, just stick it inside their pillow slip. Don't tell them it's there. Let that trickle charge go into them all night long while they sleep there. And whether we are talking about physical or mental healing, God is in the business of doing it. We've prayed for these prayer cloths and we've also prayed 
for these little bottles of olive oil and you'll find these on the tables in front of you. And what I would ask you to do now is somebody, you know, in the row, I think there's three of these and at least one of these in each table. If you could all pick up something and just hold it in your hands, because your hands are going to be the believer's hands. So hold it in your hands. In fact, let's stand together with it in our hands as we pray these prayers. And whether it is you personally that needs healing or whether, and you're going to apply this to yourself right now or later on, or whether you're taking this away to give to someone else or to anoint a family member with oil or whatever it may be, or if you're joining us online, just go and get a handkerchief or a little bit of olive oil and pray over that. Once you're holding it in your hand, let's pray together. I'm going to lead us in prayer. I'd like you to repeat it with me. The Bible says the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick person. So not, let's not just say the words, but let's offer the prayer in faith. Let's say together, Father God, I believe that you're a good God who gives good gifts to your children. We come to you today and ask you to pour out the gifts of healing. Healing for body, mind, and spirit. For people in this room, people watching online, and our friends and family members. Let the healing flow. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth, in our bodies, in our families, in our lives, as it is in heaven. We believe that we receive the healing power of the risen Christ right here and right now in Jesus name and everyone shouted let's give God a shout come on church Silence fear, 
Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, breathe. Call these bones to live. Call these lungs to sing once again. I will praise. Breathe. Call these bones to live. All these lungs to sing once again. I will praise Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear. Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. circumstance look just just wash out that darkness and just just fill yourself with the light
God, you're here. We can feel you moving in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies, in this room, God.
church, isn't God good? Isn't he good? Yeah, he is so good. And I am just feeling this today. You're welcome to take a seat as we enter into the last part of today's service. You know, this, I, I've been so excited about the service. I've been so excited what God was going to do today. You know, we've already had people praying for people who've been sending in requests. You know, Darian talked about prophecy and we got some prophecy. Martin talked about healing and I'm sure we're going to get some praise reports from that. I, I truly believe that. You know, and I've been, I was truly wondering, God, what am I, what am I going to add to this? What am I going to say? And God kept pushing me to Hebrews 12. It's this beautiful passage, and I'm going to read it to you guys today. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus on our tension and expectations onto Jesus. Who birthed faith within us. Who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross. He conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted on the right hand throne of God. You know, I've been so focused on the cross lately. I've been so focused on the importance of it. And today we we even set up a cross here. This beautiful imagery, this beautiful thing. The representation of my mistakes, the representation of my sin, the thing that I should have had to bear, but someone else did for me. See, this passage is so essential. It says, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation because of his heart. He endured this thing because he loved us. You know, in the passage, in the passage before, it, it even says that we need to stop focusing on the wounds that has pierced us. We need to stop focusing on the sin that so easily we endure, fall back into it. You know, it's so interesting. We so often fall into sin. You know, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. You know, I know I do, at least. But God, time and time again, every time I look at this imagery, he's saying, stop holding on to it. You know, we have our pains, we have our hurts, we have the sin that we're ashamed of, and we huddle it in, we hold it down, and we go, I don't, I don't want to bring it. You don't want to bring it to the altar of the cross. But even though that's what Jesus is telling us to do, he's saying, let go of it. Because I've already endured it. You know, we hold on to these things because we're ashamed of it. Because we think it's holding us back. Because we don't want God to know. He already knows. He already died for it. 
know, you're going to see that there's these little prayer cards on your tables. We're going to have a volunteer come up eventually, and you're going to see there's a little box up here. So if you have a pain, a wound that's piercing you, that you just want to get rid of, you see, we have chains, we have burdens that holding us in. God's saying, I want to break them. The chains that's holding you back, I'm going to tear them off today. God is going to tear off your burdens. And the sin that's holding you down, God's saying, I already died for them, so stop holding on to them. We have this bucket up here. So if you have a prayer request, if you have a burden, if you have a singer holding on to you, write it on the cart, put it in the bucket, and we have a volunteer who's going to pin it on the cross. This is the altar of God. This is the altar of the cross. The beauty of it. See, the beauty of it is that, yeah, we have wounds that have pierced us. Yeah, we have sins that hold us down, that hold us back. But the beauty of it is that He's already forgiven us for it. He's already taken those burdens. His grace is overwhelming. His grace is overpouring. Thankfully, He doesn't pour us with our grace so our cups are full. No, He overflows us with grace. And that grace is coming today. So as we get into this next song, you know, perfectly consider what, what you need to get, what you need to bring to the altar stop holding it back because God's saying I, I want to forgive you. I want to take that burden and walk it with you. He didn't, he didn't die on this cross for nothing. He died on it for everything. Because he loves us. It's because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. This is my, I have such passion for this because the beauty of it this was a symbol of death and destruction. It was a symbol that we weren't good enough. It was a symbol of darkness. And God said, I'm going to turn that symbol into hope. I'm going to turn that symbol into joy. I'm going to turn that symbol into grace. Because that is what God does. He takes our darkness. He takes the things that we hate most about ourselves and says, let me turn it around. Let me pour my grace on you. Let me pour my hope on you. Because your darkest secret, your darkest sin, doesn't even compare to the love of Jesus. Doesn't even compare to the hope of Him. Doesn't even come close. Jesus is the light of the world that darkness cannot overcome because He is the light. Dear God, I thank you so much for what you are going to do, what you've already done. I thank you for every chain you are loosening. I thank you for every burden you are removing. I thank you for every sin you have taken on the cross and said, I died for them because I love them. No matter our mistakes. That no matter where you are, Jesus is saying, I love you. I care for you. Now pin it to the cross. So God, I, I just pray in your name, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, let the chains break now. Let the burdens fall now. Let sin and shame fade away because it has no hold on us because of what he did. 
I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand.
I've got enough that you are welcome to leave. If you feel like you need more, if you feel like you need to lay at the altar, if you feel like you need to soak in his presence, you are more than welcome to do so. And, you know, I, I, I look at that and I, it's, God is doing things here. We, we can't deny that, that God is doing things. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so blessed by that. And I, I want you guys to really receive this blessing that God is. To receive the blessing of the cross. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for what you have done, what you continue to do in the lives of the people of Gateway, Lord. And I just pray that your spirit would hover over this place, that it would hover over the people, and that you would continue to do your work. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.